0: You built it. Yeah, but I've built it for you. Henry, the power's out.
1: break-in. And acting in self-defense can often be traumatic. How are you feeling? I can't sleep.
0: Not until I know what they were after. You're acting like nothing happened.
1: We have to get past this.
0: What if there are more of them out there?
1: I was under the impression that girl was missing We've had some missing persons in town. And we think these men were involved. We're tracking a few leads with tone. Why are you snooping around? Don't come back here. There is something I think you should know. What were you doing across town earlier? Everyone is keeping secrets. You're not hiding anything from me, are you?
0: What would I hear from you? Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 371. Out now on Netflix is Intrusion, a psychological thriller that stars Freda Pinto and Logan Marshall Green as a married couple whose lives are turned on their heads after a violent home invasion a stylish and engrossing watch featuring twists and turns and fine performances. Intrusion is also the latest film from director Adam Salki who I'm glad to say joins me now on the podcast. Adam, I thank you so very much for joining me today. Thank you so much
1: for having me. Really, really happy to be here.
0: You know, it's really interesting watching this film and just getting to the, the background of it. It's written by... Um, excuse me Chris Sparling Barling. really did some great work with like Buried and Greenland which came out last week as well
1: what was it about the material that really drew you um to the story and want to do this film well Chris Sparling is definitely carving out some territory as a modern day master of suspense he's you know he, he I, I'd seen a lot of his movies really loved his writing and I read the script the first thing it did was it just kept me on the edge of my seat yeah which you know for a thriller, is important. Um, The second thing is it reminded me of movies that I loved growing up, Uh, you know, 90s thrillers like The Game or, you know, certain aspects of Basic Instinct or Hand That Rocks the Cradle or, you know, Pacific Heights or just all of these really great thrillers in that era that I loved and I always wanted to make one and Mm -hmm. it, it sort of felt like a throwback in that way. And then the third thing was that I actually felt a, a a really a personal connection to the main character's journey. Uh, Frida Pinto's character Mira is a breast cancer survivor, and actually, my best friend was diagnosed with breast cancer at around the same age as the Mira character. And so, I I sort of kind of went through that journey of her going from traumatized victim to empowered survivor. And I and I thought that the Chris did an excellent job. Bringing Mira through that journey in the context of the events of the story—it's
0: really interesting that kind of part of Chris's work. When you read, he, when you watch the movies that he's in, that kind of mix of like genre feels and, and character really does come through. And and Frida's character, uh, especially of, of Mira. Um, she kind of goes through this kind of like this kind of double whammy of trauma. She's a cancer survivor and one end and then the other end you have the, the main plot point that kind of drives the film, which is this home invasion kind of angle as well. Um, dealing with that kind of double kind of dose of of trauma that she goes through, do you look into kind of like psychological, the real life psychological aspects of stuff like that that does actually happen to victims of trauma? Is there a certain level of um, PTSD stuff that's actually chronicled and talked about in scientific circles in regards to that stuff?
1: I, I do to, I mean, I'm not a doctor or a scientist, but to some extent, some, a lot of it is drawn from personal experience. Mm. And, and also um, I, you know, every movie that I do, I will engage in some research on, and there's a lot of doctors and family in my family, including my wife is a psychiatrist. So I'm, I'm always, uh, you know, asking her questions. It's very interesting. You know, this, this movie, on the one hand, you can watch it purely as a uh, entertainment, uh, you know, suspense thriller. But there there is also uh, you know an angle through which myself and I and I viewed the movie that way as well. but there's also there's also an angle through which you can do the film. I know that I felt it viewed it this way and the actors did as well as an exploration of the the trauma of someone who's been through an illness like that where you know you you could die at any moment, which I think is you know for from from a lot of my research, what it feels like for a lot of people who've been diagnosed with any form of cancer, that you just never know when it's going to come back. It's kind of the best thing I've heard it described as is cancer is like having a stranger in your body. And there is something about this movie and about having a stranger in your house mm-hmm. that is externalizing that terror that I found interesting. The thing I also found
0: interesting watching the film is that Mira's life is, a lot of it is based upon the unpredictability of her mortality. At any moment, this cancer can come back Um, can, you know, rob her of time. And I think that's something that's really essential, that like kind of like that time aspect of it, where Henry's character, he always fixes things. I noticed that about him. He's always fixing something. I fixed that, I fixed that, I made it a little bit better. He's an architect by trade, so he kind of creates things, he designs things specific to his, and he has a specific look as well, certain colour schemes about the way he dresses, Mm -hmm. you know. Sometimes it even matches the house that he's in as well. I noticed that as well kind of blends in, Kind of, kind of like that. It's a really kind of interesting dynamic between the two, isn't
1: it? So, a lot of what you described is, are things that the actors and I've talked a lot about. So, for example, Logan's character, Henry, he, his kind of the thing that motivates him the most is you could call it maintaining the status quo, mm. or you could also call it, you know, not rocking the boat. Like, he really just wants it's like they've moved to this small town. Frida's in remission. Things are are good between them. They sorry, Mira played by Frida's in remission. Things are good between them and um you know they really like he he kind of wants to maintain that. He, he you know this this disruption that happens with the home invasion, he's really trying with fixing things, you know, trying to 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 repair everything. Whereas uh, Mira's Frida's character, Mira, is really, having gone through this illness and now going, gone through this shocking home invasion, is really trying to get back to a place of feeling secure. And that's really, that's really how they go through the film. As far as the, the, the colors that you pointed out, um, I, I strive very hard with my team, cinematographer, production designer, costume designer, to come up with a specific visual design for every film that I make and we did work very hard to create uh, a mixture of warm and cool color temperatures in the film. Henry's colors are a little cooler, Mira's colors are a little warmer, mm. and that that color scheme um becomes more and less pronounced throughout the film depending on what's happening in each scene.
0: I want to talk about the house because it's, you know, it's kind of a cliche thing to say the house is a character, but in this uh-huh. case it's so it, is. Weird. it really it is. is. Yeah, and, and I know it is, but when this house is special, this movie especially, the house is so essential to what's going on in the houses, to these characters, especially considering they're just designed by one of the characters. He's an architect, and, and Henry designed it to his kind of
1: taste, so to speak.
0: Um, where did you find that house? Like, was it Albuquerque that you guys um, saw this house in the first place?
1: Yes, Albuquerque. So essentially, uh, you, know, you nailed it. The, the Henry character is an architect. He's designed this home for them. And it had, I knew that I wanted it to be modern. I knew that I wanted it to be architectural, very specific. And unfortunately, when we got to Albuquerque, uh, it, it dawned on me that the, the dominant architectural style there is something called Pueblo revival, mm. which I actually like, I find it to be very appealing and I love the look of Albuquerque in New Mexico and Santa Fe. It's an incredible style there, but it, it wasn't what I had hoped for, for the film. So we were looking and looking and looking, and we actually just could not find this house. And one day towards the end of the scouting process, the cinematographer, Eric Len went to a grip rental house, and he was talking to the owner. And he just asked him, hey, do you know any modern homes? And the owner said, oh, yeah, my friend has this you know, really interesting modern house. You should go check it out. And so an hour later, we were in the car racing over there, and we got there, and it was just very clear that that was the one. It was a literal needle in a haystack.
0: You spoke before about your love of um, 90s thrillers. Um, speaking of films of David Fincher and the like, what was it when you were like watching these films uh, as a younger man that really appealed to you as a film man, uh, film fan, and then later on as a filmmaker about the techniques and such as you, as you dig deeper into what these directors did to those films? Or was it about the techniques and such of those f- films specifically that really speaks to you as a filmmaker?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, just on a personal level, I was definitely a scared kid. Mm. um, growing up. And I think a lot of people are, I have kids now and you realize that they're so small and the world is so big and complex and hard to grasp. And some people, uh, some, even some kids or adults, they just have no fear about it, but that wasn't me. And so I think that the, the thriller genre, something about experiencing that, those emotions, things like fear and suspense and terror, but doing it in the safety of your own home, for example, if you watch or a movie theater with friends or something like that. There's a very interesting contradiction there that I, that drew me to the genre. Um, and, and the other, the other thing just as that's on a personal level, on a filmmaking level, genre films, in this case, a thriller, they really do provide an opportunity for a filmmaker to externalize and create visual design that will either dial up or turn down those emo- those emotions like fear um, and control them. And I, and I think that that is something that certainly appeals to me in making this kind of film. Um, you know, you can actually control the fear. And there's something as a filmmaker that's really enjoyable about that. The Matts
0: Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by Eighties Tees. Eighties Tees is an online retailer of licensed T-shirts and pop culture gear from your favorite movies, TV shows, cartoons, video games, comic books, and musicians. Celebrate your inner '80s nerd and click on the link in the show notes below to get the raddest retro T-shirts delivered to your door. The Matts Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by Loot Crate founded in 2012 loot crate is the worldwide leader in fan subscription boxes loot crate partners with industry leaders in entertainment gaming sports and pop culture to deliver monthly themed crates produce interactive experiences in digital content and film original video productions no matter what you geek out about loot crate has a subscription box for you To get your very own exclusive collectibles, apparel, and gear delivered to your door, be sure to click on the link in the show notes below. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is also brought to you by Voodoo. Watch the latest movies and TV shows anytime, anywhere. No subscriptions, no contract. Enjoy stunning quality in up to 4K ultra-high definition at home, and download and watch on your mobile device as well. To rent and buy from over 100,000 titles or watch thousands of movies free with Voodoo Movies on Us, be sure to click on the link in the show notes below. Now, back to the show. The whole thing that's interesting about the, this, this film in particular is that, you know, a film set, I think, you know, yourself as a director, you want to try to maintain as much, you know, control as you can. You have to control the set, you have to control your time and the producers have to control budget, etc. That's all well and good, but then you have to add this added, extra elements add, add- of the whole kind of COVID situation, and you know, that kind of like just turns everything on its head. You know, I've talked to, you know, directors before about working in the whole kind of COVID conditions, and one thing that was really interesting is that, you know, you as a as a director as a filmmaker, you want to be able to talk to your cast to your lead players, especially, and that can be a kind of very kind of personal nature. You're talking one by one, but in this case. You know, I was was talking to a filmmaker about um, uh, not that long ago, she was talking about how she's wearing the mask, she's wearing the shield you know, the certain space restrictions, et cetera, kind of makes it kind of hard sometimes to communicate what you want to talk about, et cetera. When it comes to that kind of aspect of it, that kind of one-on-one time with your actors to talk about motivations of characters, et cetera, there's a whole kind of COVID situation and all the stuff you have to wear or the restrictions you have in kind of space. Does that make, how how difficult does that kind of make things to kind of bring the point across? Or are you still able to do that in kind of like this controlled situation where you have kind of like certain restrictions placed on you?
1: Uh, so intrusion is one of the handful of films that was shot in the fall of 2020. Um, I believe it was somewhere between 12 and 15, you know, studio films that were able to pull it off during that time. I mean, normally it would have been hundreds of projects being done. Uh, it, it was very strange, but but the truth is, is that you know we rolled with it and we got used to it. And and I can also share that in in yes, there were there were things that frustrated me because I like, I love working with actors. Like that's one of the most rewarding parts of making any film for me. And I'm wearing a mask and I'm sometimes not allowed in the room where the scene is taking place. And I have to give direction with a walkie talkie. And I feel like a, you know, a studio director from the forties or something with a bullhorn yelling at people. And that's not, you know, that's not what I, that's not how I want to work, but Everyone understood that these were the circumstances under which we could all go back to work and tell the story. And everyone was okay with rolling that rolling with that. And I really have to give all credit to Frida Pinto and Logan Marshall Green, their poise and ability to just not let those uh, ways in which pandemic production changed the ideal way of making films affect ever get in the way of what they were bringing every day in front of the camera.
0: You know, something that's really become really prevalent in movies, thriller movies, horror movies over the last like 10 years or so is the jump scare. And sometimes you can watch movies and certain filmmakers utilise it in a certain way that can be tacky or kind of like just a little too much. In this film, I thought it was really, really well done. And I wanted to ask about how you approach the art of the jump scare. How much of it is in the script? How much of it is post-production? Do you have any type of philosophies in regards to how you want that kind of to play out in your movies?
1: There were moments in the script that stood out to me as being supportive of something like a jump scare. Of course, it, the script never points out how exactly, and nor should it point out how exactly that would be accomplished. Um, so I was excited about that. I mean, the jump scare is a good, is a good technical way to get people, you know, to, to affect people when, uh, when you make the film. Interestingly, in this film, we actually had more of them Mm. Uh, at one point in the edit, and uh, I decided, along with our editor Ben Bodwin, it was really incredible to actually dial back some of them so that the ones that we thought really worked and and you know really were an expression of what the character was feeling in that moment would shine a little bit brighter. So hopefully that worked.
0: It worked really well because, you know, I I get so many movies going to sense to me. That's a, a, a technique used quite well. So to have it kind of get sprung in you and to be able to jump out of my seat, literally, I might would I <laughs> say, in a couple of <laughs> scenarios was really, really, really well done. So
1: I have to share that last night I actually went to a we had a, a there was like a, a little um, promotional screening of the film and I saw it in a movie theater which is actually the first movie I've seen in two years in a movie theater with an audience. Wow. And it was, it was so much fun to see. People did people jumped out of their seats a bunch of times during the movie. And I I was just sitting in the back kind of smiling to myself.
0: You must get such a, you know, it's, it's these days, you know, you, you just sit right there two years since you've seen movies in the cinema you know, you you hear about filmmakers like uh, Hitchcocks, et cetera, talk about how they kind of sneak into their own films to see what reactions people have to watch it. And these days, with kind of like digital releases, Netflix, et cetera, sometimes people you can't the can't filmmakers can't get that satisfaction. You can't no. peer into someone's living room about and see what the you know the reaction is. Maybe social media has a certain indication towards that, but things can be kind of like heightened in social media's reactions. But to be able to sit there amongst an audience and see how your film is like affecting people must be such a satisfaction. Perspective thing to you?
1: You know, the theatrical experience is an important historical part of making films. And that experience is altering now, along with so many other things that are altering with how movies are made and how they're exhibit- exhibited. And, and I'm at peace with that, actually. I think that's, that's totally okay. And the fact that intrusion can premiere on a platform with 200 million subscribers and 36 languages on the same day, right then and there. And all these people can see it. That's a wonderful thing. Mm. And I also, I also feel very blessed that I got the chance to see it on a screen because I probably won't have too many opportunities to do that, um, with this film and, and that's, that's totally okay. But, but I, I I do love that experience and, and there certainly is a place for it, uh, for certain movies. And hopefully, will that that will be ongoing. Movies will still play. Certain movies will still play in the theaters, and we'll still be able to have that experience as a as a community together.
0: The cool thing about having a movie like show on Netflix as well is kind of like the whole, you know, but the, they used to call it the water cooler moments in movies. Yeah, know? and I think '90s films, those thrillers specifically, certain those like Fincher films and Silence of the Lambs and, and movies like that. Um, those were water, you know, cooler talk movies because there's scenes in those films, there's moments in those films, the way they play out, people had people talking and they kind of go and they, they become part of the lexicon, part of the kind of like a pop culture kind of like, you know, moments. And what's really cool about having your film show on Netflix as it is now around the world is that. You know, you get those kind of water cooler movements, especially people in in, in you know, um, on social media. Have you already seen people talk about the film in a certain twist and turns, etc.? Are people being respectful, uh, Adam, ah. in regards to what's, uh, what's in the film? Because I know I'm, I always try my very, very best to make sure that I am in regards to people going in fresh. But sometimes, you know, when a movie affects you, you can't help but talk about it sometimes.
1: There is a lot of conversation out there um and it's i i think it's all great i i don't um you know people are going to say what they want to say and however they want to say it and so um that's that's totally fine that's their right and i'm and i'm used to it just because you know this is my fourth feature film and i've i've seen these conversations like you know if you read the youtube comments on on your work it, it's i find it to be actually very entertaining some people are very very funny in what they say so i um i think it's all good people should be able to be heard and say whatever they want and it has been fun with this film to look at the online reaction and you know see a lot of uh fire emoticons uh and you know th- things um uh, uh gifs and, th- and things like that that are really funny that you know are showing that there are clearly a lot of people who are really responding to the film
0: well, for everyone out there, I encourage you to be part of the conversation. Watch yeah. Inclusion right now on Netflix. I really enjoyed this film. I like to watch a film that really surprises me. Having you know, I get so many films sent to me week to week, month to month, to watch a film that grips me and surprised me the way the intrusion does. I think it's really testimony to, to the work that you put into it and what the actors and the screenplay has. So everyone listening right now, intrusion available on Netflix, um, check it out. Watch it. Great performances, great twists,
1: great jump scares. as I said, and Adam Saki, I thank you so very much for your time today and congrats for the movie. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate the conversation. Thank you.